Before we get to announcements, I want to invite you to hear our prelude this morning. Uh, Thank you, Sharon, for playing for us. Thank you, Sharon. 
There's several announcements that I want to take a, take a few moments to share with you this morning uh, as we begin our service of worship. Obviously, things are a little different today, and they are going to be for a short time. Uh, we don't know how long we're going to have to uh, worship this way as a church family via the radio, via Facebook Live, uh, but uh, we're going to be doing this as long as is necessary. Um, Things are certainly different. Life has changed a lot as a result of uh, this coronavirus pandemic, and we want to be as, as responsible as we can as a church family during this time. So for those of you who have not heard, maybe some of our radio listeners are unaware, uh, we are uh, not doing any more in-person worship services until uh, the restrictions put in place by the state of Ohio and the guidelines from the CDC are lifted. Um, we do have a small group that is here with us in the sanctuary this morning uh, that is helping us uh, worship together in this way. And so I want to just thank them for being willing to be here and be a part of this. And I want to thank you as our church family, as radio listeners, uh, for joining us this morning in this way. Uh, there's going to be some very familiar elements of this service. We tried to keep things in one sense uh, very familiar. Uh, we're going to sing together and worship together. Uh, we're going to have children's chat. Pastor Tori is going to do that for us. Um, uh, but there are, of course, going to be things that are different just by, by nature of, of having to make these changes. So I invite you to bear with us. I invite you to uh, worship with us. I invite you uh, to roll with the punches because that is what we are uh, trying to do here as a church as well. So uh, we are, um, uh, even though we are stopping the in-person ministry activities, I want you all to know that the church office is still open during our regular hours, which is Monday through Thursday uh, from 8 to 3. So you can reach out to us via phone or email. Um, you can connect to us that way. And we will... Um, uh, we want to stay connected, uh, even though we are having to physically separate for a time and we don't know how long that time will be. Uh, we want to make sure we are staying connected as a church family, as a community. So um, if there's anything you need, if there's anything you want to talk about or simply just someone to pray with, you can always reach out to us um, at the church office. Uh, contact information you can find on our website at firstchurchnk.org or, of course, our, our Facebook page. Uh, just want to give you all a heads up as well. Uh, we are going to be celebrating communion at the close of the service today. Um, that is true. It's, it's a very strange maybe thing to say in a worship service that is being done remotely, but we are planning on sharing communion. Uh, communion uh, represents a few different things. Uh, first and foremost, of course, the love that God has for us in Christ, that, that in Jesus we are saved and redeemed by his broken body, by his shed blood. But communion is also a practice that we're meant to do together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so I thought for our first remote worship service, this first opportunity for us to worship in this way, um, uh, sharing communion would be a way to demonstrate that we are still connected. We are still together, one body in Christ. And so uh, we are going to be doing that at the end of our service. If you have an opportunity between now and then, I encourage you to uh, grab a slice of bread out of your cupboard, some crackers, uh, some juice, or even just some water. Whatever you may have on hand, I encourage you to, to take a few moments, grab those things, so that when we get to that point in the service, we can worship together, we can partake in the elements together. 
Um, maybe you're in a car somewhere listening on the radio or you don't have anything like that available on hand. Uh, I do encourage you to still uh, participate with us in spirit. You may not have bread and juice available, but you can still prayerfully participate in communion. And so uh, I encourage you to, to get those things ready if you're able to today. Uh, one other note as well um, about the service this morning. Uh, the bulletin is available online at our website and linked to on our Facebook page. And it has all of the, the lyrics for the hymns and the songs that we're going to be singing this morning. So most of you probably don't have a hymnal at home lying around that you can uh, open up. But um, if you have access to your computer or your phone, you can uh, pull up that bulletin and then follow along with us, even sing along with us. Again, I encourage you to do that together this morning. Um, I also want us to be thinking, we'll be talking about this a little bit more later in the service, but thinking about how we as a church family and, and as Christians can give back and, and be uh, the hands and feet of Christ during this difficult time. One thing that was made known to us uh, last night was the need for uh, more masks at Lima Memorial Hospital. Um, and there are a couple members of our church that are working on making these masks. They have instructions. They have uh, most of the materials they need, but they are in need of more elastic bands. Um, so if you have any of those, maybe laying around in a sewing kit or something like that, uh, we encourage you to drop them off here at the church. There will be a box inside the, the glass parking lot door of the church building that you can bring that elastic in, drop it off, and, uh, and then uh, those will be used to make some masks for the healthcare workers up at Lima Memorial. So um, again, I encourage you to, to join with us, to worship with us this morning. Things are going to be a little different, uh, but we can still worship the Lord together in this way. So uh, this time I will invite Pastor Tori. She's going to read our first scripture passage for us this morning. Our first scripture reading comes from Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather, Lord. Even though we are separate, uh, we are still your church and we are still called to gather. And so I thank you for the ways that you have provided for us to do that, Lord, with social media, with the radio and all of those different avenues, God. I pray that this morning that we would be reminded of this verse, that nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from you, Lord. No sickness, no hardship, nothing, Lord. So God, as we Praise you this morning. Would you just fill us with your spirit? Help us to um, remember that you are always there for us, uh, that you're always working even when we don't see it, Lord. Um, and I pray that all that we do this morning would bring glory to you. Amen. 
Our first song this morning is 10,000 Reasons. Good morning, guys. 
I hope that you all are tuning in this morning. We do miss your sweet little faces up here. Um, but I'm going to do the children's chat this morning. And today we're going to be talking about what, what can we do when we're afraid. So when I was a kid, I was terrified of the dark. Hated it, hated it, hated the dark. Um, and I would do anything not to be in the dark. And so my mom, wanting to get some sleep, bought me a lot of nightlights. And I think I had one nightlight per plug in my room because I just did not like the dark. So as I got older, I started to get rid of the nightlights one by one. And finally, I was down to just one nightlight left in my room, and I decided we needed to get rid of it. And so when we were doing that, my mom said, you know, when you, get a, when you feel afraid, you can sit up, you can turn your lamp on, and you can pray and read your Bible. And so every time that I would get a little afraid or a little nervous, I would do just that. I would sit up, and I would turn my lamp on, and I would pray. And I always opened my Bible to one of my favorite psalms. And it was Psalm 23, and this verse always brought me a lot of comfort. It said, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I would read that verse over and over again, um, and I would pray, and it would just remind me that God was always with me. You know, sometimes life can feel a little bit scary. Sometimes um, things feel different. Right now, things feel really different. Maybe some of you are worried that you're not going to be able to go back to school. Maybe some of you are sad that some of the things that you had planned are getting canceled. And it can be scary. Uh, but and even those things scare us, we know that God is always with us. And Psalm 56.3 reminds us of what to do when we're afraid. It says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. It sounds so simple, but the ways that we can do that is we can pray, we can read our Bibles, and we can worship God. And all of those things help us to put our trust in God. So prayer, when we pray to God, it reminds us that he's always there. It reminds us that he is listening and he's constantly watching over us. Reading scripture can remind us of all of the times that God has faithfully shown up for people when they were afraid. And worshiping can also help calm our fears. I don't know about you, but when I start singing a worship song, everything just seems to feel a little bit better. Uh, So those are things that we can do when we're feeling afraid. So remember that next time, if you're ever like me and you're afraid of the dark, turn your lamp on, sit up, read your Bible, pray, and sing a worship song. And you'll be reminded that God is always there for you. He's always watching over you. Um, And it'll probably help calm your fears just a little bit. So let's pray, speaking of that. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone tuning in. I thank you for the kids that are listening. God, I pray that you would remind them that you are always with them, Um, that even in the scary time that we're facing, Lord, that you are watching over us, that you are working behind the scenes, and that you love us so much. We thank you you that you are such a big God and that you have everything and are holding everything in your hands. Amen. So speaking of worship, um, we are going to sing a simple song that reminds us how much we are loved by Jesus. So please join us in singing hymn number uh, 579, Jesus Loves Me.
This time we're going to, uh, before we go to the Lord in prayer, I want to take a few moments and just talk to you about how you can continue to give and uh, to First Church during this time. Obviously, uh, we're not going to be able to pass the plates for an offering or anything like that this morning, uh, but you are still able to give and we, um, as you are able to do so, um, and, and God leads you to do so. Um, so you can, of course, give online uh, through our firstchurchnk.org uh, page. This is something we've had set up for some time, and there's a lot of people in the church, um, including my family, who take advantage of this. And this is a great opportunity, if you have not taken a look at that yet, to do so. And, of course, you can still give at the church office. Uh, anything that you send in or drop off uh, this week, uh, you can mark that for the offering, and we'll make sure that that gets put in that direction. Uh, as, as our church family knows, we collect offerings for different purposes each week. We call them our designated offerings. And this week, our designated offering is supporting Doug and Kathy McLean, who are missionaries in Germany, um, right here from our own community. Many of you know Doug and Kathy, um, wonderful people. And, and our offering today was designated to go to them. And so we encourage you um, to continue to give and continue to support their ministry. You can do that through the online giving. You can do that um, by, by, like I said, uh, dropping off or sending money into the church office. Um, but we also, for this uh, time period that we are going through, uh, we also set up text giving. Uh, there is instructions about that, again, on the bulletin that you can find online. Um, but um, you can text uh, First Church NK uh, McLean and then a dollar amount to 73256. And, and that giving will then go towards Doug and Kathy's offering. Um, again, that is texting First Church NK McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N, and then a dollar amount to 73256. And that will, that, uh, amount will go toward, directly towards the Sunday mission, off, mission offering to support Doug and Kathy. So we just encourage you to continue to give as the Lord leads you to give. Um, and, uh, as I've said before, giving, of course, is a part of our worship. It's, it's giving back in the ways that God has, has blessed us. And so I encourage you to continue to participate in that, uh, even during this, this time. Uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer, I want to encourage you to uh, continue to praise God and thank him, even in the midst of difficult times. I want to read uh, a psalm for you, uh, Psalm 42. This is a very maybe familiar passage to many of you, but it's a passage that reminds us that even though we are downcast, even though we are struggling and going through hard times, we can make that choice to still put our hope in God and praise him, even in the midst of our struggles. So I want to read this for you and then invite you to pray with me. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. 
while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. From the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep, in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you this morning, uh, Lord, full of, uh, of, of sadness, of grief, of doubt, of uncertainty, of fear. Lord, knowing uh, we have, in this past week, have entered into a new normal for at least the time being. And so, Lord, knowing that, that this has, has upended and disrupted so much of what we considered our normal, regular life and routine, uh, we come to you and ask, Lord, that you would be present even in the midst of this. Lord, we ask that you would inspire us and equip us to, to continue to turn to you and rely on you even in the midst of these times. As the psalmist says, uh, you know, our, our souls may be downcast, we may be disturbed, but we can still put our hope in you. And we can still choose to praise you because you are our Savior and our God. Lord, I pray that that is the kind of attitude that we would have this morning, even as we are separated physically. Would you bring us together with an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, even during this time? Lord, we come to you and ask, Lord, uh, knowing that prayer is so important, especially at a time like this, that you would be with those who are who are dealing with the reality of, of this virus, Lord, whether those that have been infected and, and are dealing with this illness, this COVID-19, we ask for healing. We ask that you would strengthen their bodies, their heart, their lungs, Lord. We ask for prayer for those that are especially vulnerable to this disease, the elderly, those who have pre-existing uh, health conditions, Lord. We pray for your protection to be over them. Lord, we ask for prayer for those that are on the front lines of, of battling this disease, for our healthcare workers, our doctors, our nurses, our staff at hospitals and doctor's offices, those that are doing research on vaccines and treatments, Lord. You pray that your spirit would strengthen them as well. Lord, we lift up our, our leaders at all levels of the government and ask for wisdom and making sound and good decisions that are best for our, uh, the health of our community, health and safety of our communities. We ask that you be with our schools and teachers and students and, and, and families as they are trying to, again, adjust to a new normal with schools being out of session for the time being. And Lord, we also ask for, for you to be with our churches, with First Church, with uh, the New Knoxville United Methodist Church, uh, with the other churches in our area and around our country, we ask that you would help us to be a light in a dark time. Help us to be the hands and feet of Christ in a time that desperately needs your love and your grace. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power, and the kingdom, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I invite you to sing uh, our next praise song, worship song this morning, Because He Lives.
This time, if you have a Bible nearby, I invite you to open with us. We are going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. The Apostle Paul writes, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us into a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can uh, hear from your word this morning. I pray that as we study it together, that you would open up our, our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So I'm going to be doing my best here. I'm not sure where to, to look, whether I look at you guys over here or at the camera or just staring blankly at the back wall. I'm not sure what the best way to do this is. This is honestly uh, the first time I've ever preached in a mostly empty room like this. So um, if you bear with me, I will hopefully get through this and we will learn something about how to respond faithfully in times of crisis together. It has been a long and strange week. I remember sitting in my office Wednesday afternoon, feeling a little bit unsure what to do. I feel a little lost. It seemed like we had already been through an entire week's week's worth of changes and decisions, and it was still just Wednesday, and I was still not sure what to do come Sunday morning. Unfortunately, the seminary I attended did not include a how to pastor a church through a pandemic class, and so I, I was kind of at a loss, as I'm sure many other churches and many other pastors, and honestly, just about all of us were at that time. I know there's a lot of churches that are that are trying to get creative, and that's what we are doing here, trying to still worship together, even if it is over the radio or through Facebook Live. I did see a picture of one uh, church, I believe it was a Catholic church and a priest who had asked for photos of his congregation. He asked his congregation to email photos in, and he was standing there at the pulpit with their pictures taped to the pews. And I thought that was a really interesting way to, to still be together. Uh, the problem I had, though, was that I was afraid I'd put some of you in your wrong pews, and I didn't want to mess that up. Uh, but we are going to worship together. We're still going to hear from God's word. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for, for the staff, for uh, spiritual counsel, for consistory, uh, for their support and encouragement during this time. Uh, this is certainly new territory for us as a church, uh, we are, but we are all in this together. And the questions that kept coming up in my mind as I was preparing for this week was, was how do we continue to minister to one another even when we can't gather in person? Right? How do we keep being the church when we can't, in a sense, go to church? Right? How do we respond faithfully in times of crisis? Right? That's the big question that I want to look at today. Right? The great commandment is still true no matter what we face in this life or what the world is going through. Whether it's pandemic 
or prosperity, whether it's war or peace or persecutions, Christians are always called to live out the great commandment. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And Jesus says the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the prophets hang on these two commands. And that's what brought me to this passage here today. I was actually driving in my car earlier this week listening to WBCL, and they had a pastor on, and he was talking about 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And in their translation, and a lot of translations, um, it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. The NIV that we typically read from talks about does not make us timid. It's that, that idea of, 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 of not fearing, not being afraid. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. See, that's the message I think we need to hear as a church, as the body of Christ. In times of fear and uncertainty, where there's no way to know what tomorrow will bring, we need to, we need to latch on to this idea that God does not, does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Uh, we may not know what tomorrow is going to have in store for us, but honestly, how is that different than any other day? Right? How is that different from any other day in this life that we live? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Right? Whether it's the coronavirus, whether it's cancer or a car accident, there's no way of knowing when our time is up. And knowing that, knowing that we live in uncertainty, it's easy to give into fear. Paul says that God does not give us a spirit of fear. Instead, he gives us one of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Remember, it, we're talking about the God who enters into the middle of the storm and says, Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. One more, one more side note here on fear before we jump into the text. As I mentioned last week, um, it's, it's, fear is a natural response, right? It's a natural and normal response to, to stimulus in our lives, right? Things are going bad, things are uncertain. It's normal and natural for us to respond with fear, I don't think the question is so much whether or not we should be afraid during times like this. To a certain extent, it's just natural. It will, it will happen. What matters, however, is how we respond to that fear. You can respond by allowing it to control you, either through panic or cowering in the corner, or you can respond faithfully by turning to God, by putting your trust in him, no matter what tomorrow brings. So there's three things I want us to think about today that we gather from this passage. This is Paul writing to his, his protege, Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor in the church of Ephesus. And Paul is writing to encourage him as he faced his own struggles and his own difficulties. Um, and so, so he's encouraging him here as he's, as he's beginning to open up this letter of instruction. And there's three things that he instructs Timothy to remember and to do. And that's what I want us to focus on this morning. The first is to build on the foundation of faith that was already there. The second is to, of course, respond faithfully to fear. And the last one is to to grab hold and trust the gospel. And so first we need to build on the foundation of faith. We see here that Paul talks about the faith that he sees not just in Timothy, but in his whole family. I love this passage where it talks about how, how the faith that first lived in his grandmother and then his mother and now him. It reminds us that, that for uh, for faith, the most important aspect of growth and faith is not necessarily in the church building, but in the home and families. Family is the primary area of faith formation. It's set, we set an example. We have, the, uh, we have the ability to set an example for our spouse, for our children. Right? The church is here to supplement and equip you to lead faithfully in your own house, but not to replace you. 
And so in this time of, of uncertainty, in this time where we are not able to gather together, it's even more important for us to hold on to that truth, to hold on to this idea that of, of, of being faithful and, and building on the foundation of faith within our own families. I saw a T-shirt the other day. Uh, it was came up uh, as an ad on Facebook for, for Christian uh, apparel, but the, the T-shirt says, The Church Has Left the Building. I thought that was a really cool uh, way to look at this, right? We don't stop being the church just because we can't gather together here in the sanctuary. We continue to be the church in our homes, at work, in our neighborhoods, right? And, and, and especially, that is especially true for our families, especially those of us that have young kids, right? They're watching us and they're learning from us whether we realize it or not. Right? There's times when I've seen some of my bad habits creeping into Miles and Josephine. It's, and it's frustrating because I know exactly where they learned that. And there's times when I see good things creeping through as well. One of my favorite things to pray for my kids is that they grow healthy and strong and to know, love, and serve God. And recently I've heard Jojo including that in her prayers. Right? She's catching on to that idea simply by, by example and by instruction. Everyone is a disciple of something. We're always teaching our kids, our siblings, our spouse, even at times our parents and our grandparents. And so the question is, are you setting a faithful example and pointing them to Christ or pointing them away from him? And so we need to learn how to build on the foundation of faith in our homes. Uh, It's important to, to dig into God's word together, to find a regular rhythm of word and of prayer. I love the passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6 that talks about uh, discussing the law, discussing God's word as a part of everyday regular life. Right? It talks about when you're lying down and you're getting up as you're walking along the road to take, take scripture and make it a part of your, the doorframe of your house and, and tie it around your wrist and around your forehead. It's this idea of, of integrating scripture and integrating God's word into our everyday lives. We need to learn how to talk about it, to integrate it, and make it an everyday thing, not just on Sunday mornings. In other words, we need to find that regular rhythm of word and of prayer. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, later on in this very book, Paul reminds them that all Scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be equipped for every good work. We need to dig into God's Word together. Uh, we're going to be working on scripture reading plans for families to do together, to read over meals. But it's important to just read it and talk about it. You don't have to do anything fancy. Just do it together, right? And of course, we also want to pray with and for each other. Prayer is the be- one of the best ways to combat fear. Paul says here that when we pray, we'll find peace. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, the, the peace that passes understanding, Remember, when the Bible talks about peace, it doesn't mean the absence of conflict. No, the peace that God gives is, is peace in the middle of conflict, right? It's trust and confidence in God's will and faithfulness, no matter what is going on around you. Paul urges Timothy here to fan his faith into flames, right? We have this opportunity here, right? Where things are going to be different. We're not going to be able to worship together and go through the same kind of routine that we usually do. But don't waste this opportunity, right? Maybe, maybe your faith had been in a rut. Maybe, maybe it was just easy to go through the motions and show up on Sunday mornings and do the usual thing. Now that that has been taken away from us, right? Now that we are not able to do that as we are used to, you know, we have to make an effort, right? We have to lean into that and choose to continue to connect and be together, whether that's the radio, Facebook Live, phone calls, 
right? We need to, to take that effort, take ownership of our faith and, and, and fan it into flames. We need to dig into God's word. We need to spend time in prayer, right? How many of us have complained about not having enough time in the day to read our Bibles or to pray? Well, now we have the time. Well, most many of us do. So don't waste it. Break out of that rut and lean into God during this time. Second, Paul here says that we must respond faithfully to fear. He says three things, three ways we can respond faithfully. He says we respond with power. And the word there is simply just the ability to act, the ability to put something into practice. Fear tends to do one of two things. It can paralyze us when we don't know what to do, so we do nothing. Or it can cause us to panic and do things that we normally wouldn't do. And so Paul says here, instead of fear giving into that, we should, we should put into practice the things that we know, the thing, that we need to be willing in times of need to be the hands and feet of Christ. In 2017, when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, Texas, pictures circulated of cars packed on the highway attempting to evacuate the area. One picture in particular drew a lot of attention. It showed trucks hauling boats stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic. The thing that made this picture so interesting is that the trucks weren't heading out of Houston. They were heading into it. These were people heading into the face of danger, prepared to help people caught in the middle of the hurricane. I think as Christians, we need to be ready and willing to act, to head into the storm. Right? We should be ready that in spite of danger, in spite of fear, to help others. And that's the example that Jesus set for us. And so there's many ways to help. We can pray as we've done already today. I mentioned making surgical masks for, for hospitals and healthcare workers. You can, uh, we're creating a list here at the church office of, of people that are willing to run errands and do grocery shopping for people who cannot get out and do that themselves. I'd also encourage you to do things like support local businesses. You know, whether or not you're able to eat out, you can still buy gift cards and do those sorts of things to help those that are struggling at this time. And of course, check in with family and friends. It's important to be able to still say things like, I love you and I miss you and I'm praying for you, even if you can't be together. And so it says that God gives us the power to act, and, he, and he do, we do so in a spirit of love. One of the, the Bible that we often read with our kids is the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's fantastic, um, and, and it has this way of talking about God's love. It says that God's love is never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. You know, that's the kind of love that God has for us and, and the God, kind of love that God wants us to be an example of in this world. In 1 John 4.18, he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Let God's love work through you during this time. Allow God to, to, to remove that fear. It's, it's not our love for God that does it. It's, it's embracing and recognizing God's love for us. Fear is overcome when we cast ourselves at the grace and mercy and love of God. And he says here, self-discipline is important too. Do what is necessary to keep your family, your community safe and healthy. You know, it's not, it's not a lack of faith to, to do certain things to prepare yourself, to, to, um, uh, to take steps to make sure you and your family and your community are healthy, right? It's, it's not a lack of faith. It's just being wise and putting trust in God as well as taking important steps. I've said it before and I'll, I'll say it again. You know, we, it's important that we take steps like washing our hands constantly. If it's possible to stay home, uh, do so, especially if you are sick. You know, it may not be that serious for you, but for an elderly person or someone with existing health problems, it can be deadly. So you need to not just think of yourself, but think of your family, your coworkers, the people at the grocery store, 
You need to make decisions for them as well. We have a part to play, as they say, to to flatten the curve of this epidemic. And the last thing that Paul encourages here is for Timothy to trust in the good news of the gospel. The power to respond faithfully in times of crisis does not come from ourselves. It comes from the power of God that is found in the gospel. Paul says here in in both verse 7 and verse 8 that he encourages us to respond with power, but then he says it is the power of God that enables Timothy to do this. In other words, it is God working in you that enables you to respond faithfully. And that is, that is uh, no truer, as, uh, that is found, the truth of that is found especially in the gospel. We do not and cannot save ourselves. Salvation is the free gift of God given to us through faith in Christ. Grace is at the heart of the gospel. Notice what Paul says here. It talks about how he saved us. He called us. He gives us grace. It's not anything we can do. It's what he has done for us. That's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that though we could not save ourselves, he chose to save us. Every other religion or moral philosophy in this world says that you must live an obedient, righteous life and offer to God. The gospel says that God came down in the person of Jesus Christ, lived a perfectly obedient and righteous life in order to save us. That when we could not reach up to God ourselves, he reached down to us. You are chosen. You are loved. You are redeemed and forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ, all in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. That's good news. The assurance not in myself, but in the one who laid down his life for me. That's the reason I don't have to fear. That's the reason in the midst of uncertainty and crisis, I can confidently live according to God's power, love, and self-discipline. And so can you by trusting in Jesus today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that in times of crisis, we can respond faithfully by trusting in you. By building on the foundation of faith in our own lives, in our own homes. uh, By not giving into fear, but acting faithfully in in accordance of your love for us and our love for others and by holding on to the truth of the gospel. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we prepare our hearts for communion, let's stand and sing number four. Stand and sing. There you go. Back into my usual mode there. I invite you to sing with us number 443, Give Me Jesus.
As I mentioned at the start of our service, we're going to be closing by sharing the Lord's Supper together. As we talked about at the, at the end of the sermon, right, salvation is not of ourselves. It is the free gift of God through Jesus Christ who, who laid down his life for us. And we take this sacrament to our comfort as a body of Christ, as his family, as his people. Whether you're here in the sanctuary, whether you're listening on the radio or watching on Facebook Live, we're able to take this sacrament together as one body, reflecting on what he's done for us so that we may be saved, that we could experience the forgiveness that comes by his grace. So let's pray as we set our minds on that reality. Father God, I thank you that you have given us new life in Christ. Lord, communion is an opportunity for us to, to recognize our need for you, to, to throw ourselves at, at the foot of your cross, recognizing that, that we cannot do anything to save ourselves, but that you came down to us. Jesus, you died on the cross, your body was broken, and your blood was shed so that we could be forgiven. And there is no greater joy and no greater uh, truth, Lord, than that. And so, Lord, help us to, at this time, recognize, Lord, the ways that we have fallen short, the sin that is in our lives that is not pleasing to you. Lord, help us to cast those things aside and focus our, the, the eyes of our heart and our mind on you. May you forgive us of the things that we have done, and may you equip us now to live lives that are holy and pleasing to you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Paul wrote, I receive from the Lord of what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all you who have received Jesus as your Lord and Messiah, I urge you to take the sacrament to your comfort. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is broken for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. In the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is shed for you, a new covenant that was made in his blood, take and drink knowing that he died for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share communion together this morning. Lord, thank you that, that it is in your spirit that we are drawn together as one. That Christ has removed the dividing wall that has separated your people. And that in you we are one in Christ. We thank you for that and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service today, I invite you to, to join with us and sing number 206. There is a Redeemer.
us today uh, as we worship the Lord together. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.